Terry Foster here, and welcome to the Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. I am the creator of the Big Brand Formula and president of Jerry Foster Branding, where we specialize in working with service-based entrepreneurs who want to create a big brand and a strong message that sells so you can excite, delight, and ignite your market and make it easier to get clients. So, Please stick around to the end of the show, and we will share how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes or so. In the meantime, let's go. Okay, welcome, everybody, to the Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. I'm Jerry Foster, the big branding guy, also known as the branding evangelist. And oh, my goodness. We have got two special people today. We've just been talking. Yeah. We've been up here talking like we've known each other all our lives. Yeah. I am hyena happy and peacock proud to have them here. I ain't kidding because they call themselves the melanated authors right now. Now, just, just you know, you know, in that, that Tobey Maguire movie, what was called, um, You Had Me at Hello? What was that? Um, Tom Cruise, do you remember that one? You had me at hello. You don't remember that famous line? You had me at hello. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, Jerry Maguire. Jerry uh, Maguire, okay. yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, you all had me at melanated author. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Just by your name itself. So please welcome Leslie Bracero and Natoya Franklin. How you all doing? We're doing great. <laughs> so happy to be here. Thanks for having us on. Oh, my pleasure. So if you don't mind, just give our, our viewers and our listeners a quick overview of exactly what Melanated Authors is all about and what your company does. Sure. So both Leslie and I are educators and have been together collectively mm-hmm. in education for over 45 years. And we service children who are in underserved communities. Um, And so we both are very passionate about making sure that literacy is something that is um, a top priority for melanated readers and also making sure that we engage them in effective instruction practices for our melanated readers. A lot of times we find that for some reason they become Mm -hmm. disengaged when it comes to reading. Um, And we just want to expose them to multicultural literature and literature that they can connect to and relate to. Exactly. And, you know, just to add to that, I remember one particular session when we were working with some children. Uh, We are also authors and we have authored uh, several several different titles in one particular book that we were reading. One of the students said, she looks like me. (laughs) And all the more fuel Mm -hmm. and the confirmation that we are on the right track. Well, listen, like I said, you had me at melanated, okay? So (laughs) define what that word means, because I had never heard that word before. Now, I'm starting to get an understanding, but I don't want to come out and say it. So how are you all defining melanated? So when you look it up in the Webster Dictionary, it really means people of color. Mm -hmm. Um, But we are very unapologetic about saying that we want to service our Black children who are just in need of a push and some motivation when it comes to instruction and and literacy and reading and just books, you know, just giving them exposure to different varieties of texts. Exactly. So, yeah. 
Yeah, because when children see themselves in text, they're more likely to be engaged. They're more likely to want to go further and find, hey, this is about me. This is about my lifestyle. I can relate to this book and it's going to help boost their comprehension as well. One of the things that we've also found, we didn't really, I guess we didn't really know it didn't resonate to it mm-hmm. with us until we were in the schools and we're talking to all of our melanated uh, audience. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're pointing at us and they're like, are you really an author? I, I want to be an author. Mm-hmm. And that is. Yeah. That's so rewarding to see mm-hmm. that our children feel like they can aspire to be an author. Exactly. Um, and we're local people in our community just coming into the schools and showing mm-hmm. children that they can be anything. Really, the message is that you could be anything you aspire to be. That's right. Anything. You just have to work hard and believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. You know? Leslie and I both, we didn't really realize how much we had in common until we partnered together in business, but our backgrounds was just not easy. We didn't have a silver spoon handed no, to us. No. We didn't have an easy childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could just say for me, I know I grew up in poverty. Um, and so having children see us where we are today as entrepreneurs, as college educated black women, um, black authors. Absolutely. That sends a huge message to our children that you can overcome anything. Mm -hmm. You just have to stay focused. And with God on your side, there's nothing you cannot do. That's right. And, you know, I think about um, the fact that we are not only local, but we are people who our community members know. Mm -hmm. So our children know us. So Mm -hmm. if they know us, they're more likely to have connections and relationships with us, which helps boost their confidence that, hey, you can do this too. I did it. You can do it. I'm a teacher and I've been teaching in education, like Natoya says, collectively 45 years, but personally 30 years. And so naturally, a lot of my students are now adults. So when I started off, I saw the need that these kids need to have more than just the jo- the Jack and Jane books or those type of books that I personally grew up on. That's not making the connections to kids. They need to know that literature is something important. It's valuable. If they want to grow up and do something in their lives, they need to know how to read. You know, uh, statistics show that they're building prisons for kids based on third grade reading scores. Yep. So if our kids are not reading at third grade, they are going to have a hard toe to go. So our goal, our objective, and our quest in this is to make sure our students are in love with reading. They see the value in education because you cannot go too far in this life if you don't have something going for you. And that's what we've been endeavoring to do as we visit schools, as we talk to kids, as we um, read our stories. And like Natoya said, she grew up in poverty. I grew up with a single family home. My grandmother actually raised me. And one of the things that she told me is that you're going to go to college and you're going to go to a black college. And she said that to me as a child. So that's what kept me on that road that motivated me to go on to school, to continue in my education, get my master's, second master's, so on and so forth, because I saw the value instilled as a child. So that's what we are are endeavoring to do as we speak with children that, hey, guys, you can do. Well, first off, uh, I just want to bow down and acknowledge you both for what you're doing. 
because it's very clear that you are doing God's work and you have hit uh, the nail right on the head around this whole thing of reading. And in my exposure and experience in working with tons of, let's say, Black-owned businesses and working with us folks, melanated folks. I love, I'm going to use that word now. We melanated, right? You know, I'm melanated. I, <laughs> and sometimes I got to remind folks now, you know, we come in four basic shades. There's dark chocolate, brown chocolate, light chocolate, and white chocolate. Don't get it twisted. It's all chocolate, baby. Am I right? Okay, because, you know, some people get confused about that. But anyway, my point is, White. Come on now. It's, we, don't, don't get me going. We'll, we'll talk offline. Okay. The whole okay. thing is the whole thing about it though is that when you are in this rainbow, this beautiful rainbow that we are as black people, and we got folk who are in the 11th grade in high school with a third grade reading level. Yes. And I'm not even talking about math. I'm not, I'm not even talking about communication skills. Yeah, no. I mean, what are your thoughts around that? Because it's a dire problem, especially when you start looking at the inner city schools. What, what are your thoughts around this? Oh, my goodness. I know. You know, so it's really very frustrating, I think, for us to see. Mm -hmm. And I think it really hit home when I started having children of my own. I have four melanated babies of my own. I have a four-year-old, a seven-year-old, a 14 and a 16-year-old. And when I see that even my oldest, he's 16, he is so not engaged and mm -hmm. what's going on in schools right now. He's so disconnected. It doesn't mean he's not intelligent. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that he's not smart. He's not capable or any of those things. It's just that he's disconnected. Yeah. There's a huge disconnect. And Leslie, no, mm -hmm. we, you know, we will pull up the, the statistics and the uh, academic progress per demographic in the schools, in the districts around us. And we keep seeing the yeah. same thing mm -hmm. that there's this huge achievement gap in reading proficiency when it comes to other ethnic groups and black students. Yes. And I'm talking about not just Caucasian. I'm talking about Hispanic. I'm talking about Asian. Mm -hmm. We fall at the bottom and I don't know why I don't understand it. It really, mm -hmm. really frustrates. Me. I know. And I think it just, you know how sometimes that fire, that, that frustration mm -hmm. God can use to be fire and fuel mm -hmm. for you to go forward. I feel like it's my fuel yeah. to keep doing this work because no, I personally left public education. Um, Leslie is still a preschool teacher. She's still in the trenches, but I partner with schools and I do this work. And I also do another program that I offer for social emotional support for our students because they need that as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but it's so frustrating to see it mm -hmm. all time and time and time again yeah. that our children are becoming less connected yeah yeah they're not as motivated anymore and I don't I I have so many I think um I can guess or predictions as to why that might be mm -hmm. but we've got to change something yeah. otherwise we're going to lose them yeah. and I'm not for that at all exactly <laughs> and there's and, the rip and there's the ripple effect of it all right because if you lack reading skills that affects your writing skills which then affects your communication skills and we can we can put math aside for a moment and really? this is so and, and and by the way my mom was an english teacher in detroit public schools okay and oh yeah 
I mean, all the public schools, which many of them are closed for different reasons. Okay, so if you know the story behind what, what went on in Detroit, same thing that we've seen in Chicago, South Side, West Side, Newark, and other places, right? And so the whole thing is our young Black children, and it's not the teachers, right? It's not the teachers, because they get great teachers in there. But what's going on? Like, what's the cause of this? Because we're we're bright, we're capable, right? Yeah. I mean, what, what, what's going on? Well, I think part of it is that we're not getting to the root cause okay. of what's happening with our students and what's happening in education. Okay. Education has become so political mm -hmm. that the focus is off of the kids. Mm -hmm. We're so busy trying to please this person or this group or this organization, but we're not talking about what the students need, what the families need. Because when we're talking about children, we also have to talk about ways to support our families. And the big thing that families need are skills and strategies to use at home. My grandmother was a teacher. I had that advantage. She was a teacher. So she was able to instill in us certain values and and, and, and ways to approach education. But a lot of parents may not have yeah, that background. That <laughs> Either they're working uh, multiple jobs mm -hmm. or they're just single family homes, whatever the demographics. But I feel like we need to get down to the root cause. What is it all about? In the end, it's about the kids and we need to get our focus back on them. I would agree. And I think we focus so much of our time on state testing yes. and these test scores and what they mean. Mm -hmm. I remember... When I was in school, I actually liked going to school. Mm -hmm. I, I was actually engaged. I had teachers that believed in me, that saw the whole person, not mm -hmm. just, I wasn't just a number. Um, mm -hmm. And education was so different it back was. then. Now teachers are pressured. They're stressed to mm -hmm. the max. Mm -hmm. And you can have the brightest of the brightest talented teacher in the class. But the way that they stress the teachers, they put yes. so much on yes. the teachers yeah. that they can't. They feel like they can't flourish. Absolutely. Um, they're not paying them enough. No. Nope. You, if you have a, if you're a teacher, because Leslie's a teacher, a teacher, but if you're a teacher, you don't have a life outside of school. No, you don't. That's all you do. Grade papers, mm -hmm. lesson plan, figure out what's going on in the classrooms, attend the meetings, mm -hmm. the institute dates, mm -hmm. the professional development, all of the things mm -hmm. you're doing, you're constantly learning. Yeah. Your brain is constantly on. Yeah. And so there's no rest, mm -hmm. right? And there's no recharging for yeah. teachers. So teachers are leaving. The quality teachers that you speak of, they're leaving leaving by leaps and bounds. Mm -hmm. They're just done. They're yeah. like, this isn't working for me. My life, I value my life and my social emotional well-being more than I do this job. So I'm leaving. Yeah. And that's what's happening. So now they're getting the college, the straight out of college, mm -hmm. naive teachers. I'm not saying that I'm not knocking that because I was once there. I was and, there too. You know, mm -hmm. but they're not even lasting. <laughs> because the support is not there. And like Natoya was saying, we're not getting paid enough. We're being asked to do a lot of things. I know when I first started teaching, and we're not going to be woe is me about education, but I must make this point. When I first started teaching, I was that teacher that, oh, I loved everything that I'm doing. Everything is fresh. It's about the kids. I can do these things. I can try these things to kind of motivate my students. I don't have to follow the book per se. But now that it became so about the test, even as young as pre-K. Yes. Oh, and yeah. I haven't always been pre-K. I've been other grade levels, but this is my latter part of my, my career. It's all about assessments, assessing the kids. And we're not talking about their social emotional being. We're not talking about ways to um, make them feel welcome and valued as a student. Since the pandemic, our kids have had so many 
pressures put on them. That's a whole nother ball game that we need to address. We're not dealing with the things that really matter, which is the whole child. The whole child. And I believe in my heart, and I know this is, I can say this truth, Natoya, education is a calling. We don't walk into this thing willy nilly. I believe the Lord had led me down this path many years ago, and I'm so grateful that I'm here. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm grateful that I'm on my way out. <laughs> Amen to that. Now, but let me ask you, what, what's your opinion about this? Because <laughs> I, I had this observation. You are funny. I had that observation, this observation with the whole affirmative action decision oh. recently. Okay. And it has to do with, quote unquote, quality of education. Because basically what I saw coming out of that was the, the thought that, well, just because somebody who's black or brown, and let's just take black folks, comes out of high school for 4.0 average, that 4.0 grade average in that high school in that location may be a 2.5 somewhere else in the suburbs. Now, there's two schools of thoughts here, which is that Truth be told, in some of these schools in the inner cities and so on and so forth, to your point about pressure, these mm -hmm. teachers are pressured and they have to advance these kids. And these kids shouldn't be advanced. You shouldn't no. have a child that's in the 10th grade with fourth grade reading levels, right? And I so it, it ends up having that ripple effect because now look what's happened. Now it's like, no. You, 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 I don't care if you have a 4.0 grade point average or whatever, you're not getting into this university. Yeah. What, what, what are your thoughts around that whole issue? Ooh. That's, that's so. Cause that yeah. gets back to the whole thing with the teachers and the pressure they're under. Cause it, it's that, I call it that whole ripple effect. It is. So effect. I guess for me, I could just speak from my personal experience. I went to what, well, uh, can I say it? Well, Keegan School. And then I went on, um, graduated in, in a school. I think it was pretty diverse at, at Lamar High School was in Arlington, Texas. Um, but I did not do so well on the ACT and the SAT mm -hmm. tests. Mm -hmm. And I ended up with a full scholarship to oh, Dillard University. So when I was applying to other schools, I kept getting turned down because of my SAT and my ACT scores. Mm -hmm. So what I have to say about that is I think that we put too much emphasis mm -hmm. on things like that and criteria. It's not necessarily about do you have the 4.0 when you graduate? Do you have the SAT and the ACT score when you graduate? Because a person who is determined mm -hmm. and can persevere and his strong will can make it through. Like I made it through and I had an honor. I had honors in college. And then I went from an HBCU to Lake Forest College, which was pretty much black and white, <laughs> very opposite, right? I was the only black person in my class mm -hmm. at, at Lake Forest College and excelled there. Why? because I was determined. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we need to instill in our children at this point. It's not so much about the score. Mm -hmm. It's not so much about the GPA. Yes, that's important. We want them to strive for excellence, but a person who is determined, mm -hmm. no matter what, what a obstacle comes their way, they can do anything. Absolutely. That's and what put I in the right educational environment, right? Because did you all hear recently about the group of, uh, of black kids who were 
from the hood, from the inner cities, and they were put into a charter school. No. And they all got high grades. All from bad surroundings and all that kind of stuff. They put them in a, in a certain situation to show it ain't got nothing to do with all these other factors that you may think is what's causing this child to be held back because these our young, beautiful black children excel. Come on, yeah. Come in the on. right environment. Absolutely. That's but, the key right there. But right even there. more specifically, it's who's in the environment. Come on. All one person who believes in you, who sees something inside of you That's and say, hey, you know what, Jerry, you got potential. That's right. You're not living up to that potential. Come on, let's go. You got to yeah. see you're, you're right. talented you're gifted and call out that gift that's right call out that talent so they can see oh you're really gifted linguistically that's oh right. you're really talented with music oh you're really and when they see that in themselves come on I, you rise up to that illusion. okay so okay so i love this okay so now let's tie that in with melanated authors because what i want our our audience to to grab onto are the solutions that you provide what are you doing differently to help these young kids become who you're describing, right? Regardless of their situation, regardless of what's going on in their household, regardless of, the, of what they have economically and don't have. What are you all doing that's so incredible that you can give these families hope to know that what's coming will be better than what's been? You know, one thing that I said a long time ago, what comes from the heart touches the heart. We love what we do. Absolutely. And as a teacher, when you love what you do, it's going to be projected. Mm -hmm. And I tell my students all the time, teacher loves you. I believe in you. I know you can do it. And I've seen kids who came, even not so much my pre-K kids, but I've seen students who had very low morale, very low um, uh, uh, desire to do anything. But just the fact that somebody spoke into their life. Come on, and I'm going to go back to the point that Toya said, that someone said something to her. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. I had that same kind of teacher growing up when I was in fourth grade. And they say, when you're in fourth grade, studies show, you know who you're going to be when you grow up in fourth grade. I had a fourth grade teacher who saw that I struggled in reading. That was one of my struggles with comprehension. I was a word call, caller. I was fluent in reading, but my comprehension was low. But he saw that I had the ability to talk and he wanted to put me in a little play. Because of that little play, it saved the trajectory of my life. I started doing plays, skits, drama, all kinds of things throughout elementary, high school, and college. And even as an adult, I still enjoy the theater. But it was because of the power of one teacher one. who spoke into my life at I'm fourth on. grade. And I saw that. That, And looking back now, I saw that. And I still remember that teacher's name. I'm sure he's not living anymore. His name was Mr. Sellers. He was my teacher in California. And he said, mm-mm. You're going to come out of that trailer. I'm going to put you in this little play because I was in the little trailer when I had to go out to get pulled for my reading support. But that's what helped change me. And I believe as a melanated author, as a melanated teacher, we have that ability to connect to kids that look like us. Come on. They see us. Hey, I see you. I see you. Oh, yes. You see me. Yes. We can do this thing together. Yes. I love okay, it. Okay. So speak to, to those teachers out there. 
speak to those administrative people, speak to those principals, speak to the people out there who are making key decisions in terms of how we're educating our young black kids today. What do you want them to know about what you can bring to the table, to that school district, to that, to that school itself? How do you work? How do they get in touch with you? Who's your target audience? Let's talk about melanated authors now. Let's dig deep into that. Well, first and foremost, we are excited about this work and we are, you can reach us uh, at melanatedauthors.com. You check out our website, all of our information, all the services that we offer from professional development to writer's workshop, to grade level observations and modeling of effective reading strategies, all of that we do offer. Um, but what I want teachers and administrators to know and what I want to say is don't give up hope on our black children. Right. I want you to know that they are some of the most talented, mm -hmm. some of the most intelligent, yes. creative yes. and innovative children that you will ever see in me. And just because they cannot connect to that book or the content mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. whatever curriculum you have, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that they cannot excel. Right. So you have to find some other way which we come in and we bring our resources, we bring our books, mm -hmm. we bring in our texts that look like them with characters mm -hmm. that they can relate to Absolutely. and connect with. We bring that so that they can see themselves in books. They can see them, not just the color. That's right. But they see their experiences in the book. That's books. right. Oh my God. Can I tell them about the BJ? Please. Oh, yeah. you hear this. You have, this was so God, this right? Was all day. All day long. Mm -hmm. So- God woke me up in the middle. Oh Lord, I just go <laughs> off. Up, okay. All right. So in the middle of the night, about three o'clock in the morning, God wakes me up and I'm like, God, I just want to sleep. But he told me I needed to write more on um, the subject of boys and how they express their emotions mm -hmm. and tell them it's okay to cry because our boys have grown up to believe that it's not okay mm -hmm. to cry. If you cry, you're a punk, you, you know, you're seen as weak or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I have three boys that I'm raising with my husband. So I believe that's why God was like, I need you to do that. So I ran to Leslie. I was like, we got to write this book. We got to write this book. We got to write this book. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay, well, what, is, what is the title? And I showed her the cover and I said, I believe it's BJ Doesn't Cry, mm -hmm. right? I don't know where the name came from. <laughs> God, I guess, right? Yes, absolutely. I, I just made up a name, whatever. I don't even, before... Prior yeah, to this experience, I mm -hmm. didn't even know a BJ, right? Mm -hmm. So, and the boy, I wish I could show you a picture of him, but he has like little dreads on the top and then he's faded across the sides and tapered or whatever. Mm -hmm. Cute little hairstyle for melanated boys right mm -hmm. now. And so we um, had the awesome opportunity to partner to, with one of our local uh, churches who's running a camp. And we come in and we teach writers workshop with mm -hmm. them. And so one day, one of, part of the lesson was that we were going back into our stories and we were looking at how we can revise mm -hmm. and have stronger leads and conflict in our stories and, you know, make the, the audience want to engage with our books. And so I look up and there's BJ sitting right across the room. His name was literally BJ, yes. the boy. The, and he looked Just exactly like the, like the character on the cover. I'm not. She's not exaggerating. I'm not That's exaggerating. He mm -hmm. had the exact same hairstyle, mm -hmm. the exact same thing. And guess what? BJ in, my, in our book mm -hmm. is a basketball player. He's also a basketball player. Yes. We we, we could not, you can we make could not make this up. 
I had to, I still have to yeah. think about it. But <laughs> it was like, no, nah, I think he got a little embarrassed because I think he felt like, oh, how do you know my story? How do you know me? How do you know, how am I in this book? We had no idea. Yeah. But the fact that he was in our book, he could see himself in that's that right. book. That's powerful. That's right. So when I say see, I don't mean just visually, mm-hmm. oh, I see a black character. I'm black. No, life it's experiences. life experiences that they can connect to mm-hmm. and say, that's me. Oh, wow. That's right. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we want to show um, and expose these districts too, like mm-hmm. they, that's what we're doing. And it's all inspired by God. That's right. It's all inspired. So what, so what really bugs you the most when you talk about or think about these school districts? Uh, have you ever seen the documentary called Waiting on Superman? You ever seen that film? I think, yes, I did. I saw yeah. that was oh. about 15 years ago or so. Yeah, yeah. it was. It, but it just talked about how jacked up the school system is in America yeah. from mm-hmm. You know, at the at the national level to the state level, then within the states you got the the counties, and within the counties you got the districts, and within the districts you got the school. It's just a big old mess. Yeah, yeah. And I and and I bring that up because I wonder what really bothers you the most when you think about the situation of our black children, and yeah. here you are with a viable solution. Is it yeah. that? These school districts are just set in their ways or they're getting bad advice, bad intel. I mean, there's a major disconnect here because you said earlier about you got to get to the root cause. Well, we can start with them, okay? Because because they 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 have the keys in terms of opening these doors to folks like yourself. Yeah. I think the thing that bothers me the most is that we've taken our focus off the kids. Mm-hmm. That's what's bothered me about education. Mm-hmm. Where are the children in these decisions? Mm-hmm. We're putting in all these, uh, uh, all of these ideals and ideologies, but we're not thinking about the kids. We're not, we're not thinking about what they need. First of all, they need a good, solid education. Come on, in reading. Mm-hmm. They need that foundation. If you don't have that foundation, everything else is going to crumble. Yeah, so I can't talk. You can't. You can't. So the focus has to be on the kids and it has to be on best practice and it has to be on what they need, not what we think they need. And how do we do that? We do it through finding out their abilities, assessing. Naturally, you have to find out where they are and you build on that. You don't teach in the middle. You build on that. I think frustration right now is walking in because I've been partnering with schools for about five years. When I left public education, um, I said, I got to go back. Okay, God, how do you want me to come back? And I come back in this capacity. Mm -hmm. But what frustrates me is when I know I have a viable solution and you don't want to invest in it. Yeah. That frustrates me. Yeah. When you say, I don't have the money, I don't have the funds, stop lying, because yeah. I know you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the money is there. The money's there. It's misallocated. Where are you putting this money? Are you paying? Oh, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> uh, who are, what are, what are you doing with the money is, is what yeah. I want to know. Because keep it, real, keep it real. Tell the truth, tell the truth. I'm just saying, like, are you giving it all to the superintendent? Are you giving it all to the person in the central office? What are you doing with this money? Because you're telling me you don't have it, but I know you do. Yes. It's just you need to look at what's most important. And what's most important, like Leslie said, is Mm -hmm. the children Mm -hmm. that you serve. 
we're in the business of serving. That's right. And so you have to get to that place where who's most important? Oh, it is the child. So what do I need to do? I need to invest in Mm -hmm. professional development or tools or strategies Mm -hmm. or someone who can come in alongside my teachers and and coach Mm -hmm. them up so that they can be successful and um, deal with some of their biases. That's right. That's right. And the things and that what you do, you do coaching with the teachers. I mean, what what exactly do you provide? Yeah. So we um, offer professional development. So we train teachers, we train staff and admin on how to effectively engage our children in literacy. We how do you make it fun? How do you make it engaging? How do you make it so that they can connect to it? We have songs and different mnemonic devices and games and things that kids naturally enjoy absolutely um so we do offer the professional development we Mm -hmm. do offer training for new teachers and teachers who just need that extra support on effective reading strategies Mm -hmm. we offer writers workshop we offer a reading curriculum tutoring and we also have our melanated kits which we're really excited about it has all of our titles um, along with all of our songs, mm-hmm. bookmarks, our bookmarks, strategy. our cards, mm-hmm. all Absolutely. of that. And the, here's the other piece to that. We are in the trenches. So we're not someone who's state level, who has not mm-hmm. ever been in yeah. the classroom, oh, because a lot of people who are making decisions have never been in the classroom. That's so we're in the classroom. Yeah. We're working right alongside students. We're working right alongside other teachers. So we know what it means to be a teacher and what's best practice for kids. So that's what sets us apart from those in central centralized uh, education. We're right there. So we know what's best for our kids. So I believe our service that we provide is one that's unique. Because not only are we professionals in what we do, but we're educators first. Well, you know, I love hearing that because this is a big branding podcast and it's all about how are you setting yourself apart and differentiating yourself and distinguishing what you offer versus other other alternatives that, in your case, a school or a district may be considering. So this is good because what I'm also hearing from a branding standpoint is that you all have a secret sauce. So you all got a special way of delivering these outcomes and value in a way that nobody else can. And that's what I'm loving here, because these schools, to you, to what you were saying earlier, they need to wake up and realize that there is a better way. Right. Absolutely. Unless you just want to maintain status quo for whatever those reasons are. And you all have the secret sauce that they've been looking for. That's Absolutely. good. That's good, Jerry. Thank you. That's a good way of saying that we do have the secret sauce. And there's a lot of flavor in that sauce. Okay. <laughs> Now, see, you get there, you go, you're getting it now. See, now, okay, before we sign off, you probably have a ton of success stories before and after. Share share with um, our audience a teacher or a child that you work with who went through your program or got exposed to the amazing work that you do. Where were they before? Where are they now? Anything you want to share about that? Why don't you talk about the one, um, the little girl at North School, who she saw us at the Family Literacy Night? I really, 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 really want to talk about the student at Oakdale, who you saw the potential in. And yeah, he- I got somebody came and choose. <laughs> I know, we got, we got a lot. <laughs> yes, okay, thank you. This is a good one. We had one little boy in one of our schools that we serviced. 
our writer's workshop. That's what we were doing on Saturdays. We were helping students learn how to become proficient writers. And this particular student was placed in the low group for whatever reason, whether it was for behavior or, or just maybe quote unquote academics, maybe he just didn't test right. Well, anyway, that group of students, were not, they did not come to school that day, but he did show up. So we placed this student in the high group, the quote unquote high group. That child flourished for that one hour. I was floored and I whispered to him and I said, so-and-so, now I know you can do it because he was acting up and being a class clown or whatever with that other group because he was trying to remain and save face, you know, when you're with your peers or whatnot. <laughs> he was pulled away from his group and he was with the other students that were focused and on point and wanting to work, learn and write. I saw this child just a a little boy. See, you know, we talk about our boys. They this boy would have been marked as a Come behavior on. student. Come on. He would have been marked as a low student and he would have just fallen right in alongside that that quote that was put on his life. But after that time when he was with us, I saw a glimmer of hope in his eyes. And he produced a story that was so remarkable. A chapter book. A chapter book. <laughs> and I wanted to pinch his cheeks because that's what I tell my students. I said, well, I just want to pinch your cheeks. I wanted to pinch his cheeks and say, boy, this is what I knew was in you all along. But see, here it is. Again, he looked like us. Mm-hmm. I could talk to him that way. Mm-hmm. I could say, hey, come on now. I know you're better than this. Mm-hmm. And he received it because I probably looked like his mama. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying there's some sauce right there. There you go. Well, listen, you guys have been an absolute joy. Again, put out your contact info, your website, your social, so people can follow up with you. Okay. We can be found at melanatedauthors.com. If you want to email us, email us at info at melanatedauthors.com. Again, that's info at melanatedauthors.com. Or you can find us at www melanatedauthors.com. And our phone number, you can reach us at 224-263-5337. Again, that's 224-263-5337. We look forward to hearing from you. We are such passionate about what we're doing. We're educators with over 45 years of experience combined. So we know what we're doing and we have a heart for our students. So please feel free to reach out to us. We have a Facebook page. What's our Facebook page, Miss Natoya? Melanated Authors. So if you just do a Google search, you can see Melan- a Google search for Facebook. You can see our, our uh, Facebook page pop right on up. Mm-hmm. Melanated Authors. We're the only ones with that name. That's right. Trademark. That's right. Trademark. Trademark. Melanated. <laughs> if you want to get copies of our book, you can find that also on our website, website. as well. Now, before we sign off, I want you all to look in that camera and speak to that teacher, speak to that principal, speak to that district person, speak to whoever you feel you need to direct your remarks to. Is there one last thing that you would like to say to that parent, to that child, even perhaps that district person, that teacher, take it away. As a teacher, I know what it's like. It's not an easy career. But I'm going to tell you one thing that I've learned. It's a very rewarding career because you make an impact 
in the lives of so many children Mm -hmm. beyond your reach. Teacher, I feel your struggle. I feel your pain, but I also know the joy on the other side. Mm -hmm. Stay with it. Remember why you came into education, and that was to make an impact in the lives of children. You can do it. I believe in you as we believe in ourselves. God is so good, and he's able to keep us on the path that's right. And to that parent, I applaud you. My heart is for you because your role is the most important. You are your child's first teacher. Remember Mm -hmm. what you do for them sets the stage for their life. Little boy, you have a bright future. Your future is so bright that we need sunglasses. (laughs) Little girl, keep your head up. There's some great things on the other side for you. Remember, there is a beautiful future for all of you. Believe in yourself. And help is on the way. (laughs) Well, listen, I tell you, Leslie and Latoya, I just, um, I'm so grateful for who you are and the work you're doing and the divine assignment that you've been given from above. To, to help these kids. And so thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you thank so much for having, having us. us. All right. And to our audience, thank you for tuning in. And of course, this is Jerry Foster, the big branding guy, also known as the Brandon Evangelist, signing off. Take care. Jerry Foster here. Thank you so much for listening to my Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. Now, if you... If you are a successful service-based entrepreneur yourself and you've got amazing expertise, I mean services, skills, talents, and abilities that you offer through your company or yourself, and you've been in business for five, 10 years or more, and you would like to be a guest on this program, I would love to have you. Simply visit jerryfosterbranding.com forward slash brandforwardleadership forward slash apply and I will certainly check you out and get to know you and so on and so forth. Now, let me just add a couple of other things. Number one, if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media for me? And if so, just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your socials, okay? And number two, if you know someone that you feel would be a great guest, someone that I should meet and connect with and so on and so forth, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag brand for leadership because I love seeing your posts. I love guest suggestions. That's how we all grow. That's how we all connect and make it through this world, which are through our relationships and our connections. And lastly, let me throw this in. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. I'm always on the lookout for not only great guests, but great content. And so therefore, because we're always putting great new stuff out, juicy stuff, make sure you don't miss any episodes in the future. So please go ahead and subscribe. And I also love what? I love support. I love love. (laughs) So your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. So if you can find it in your heart, to go ahead and show me that kind of support and love, I would really appreciate it. 
And on a second note, if you would like to know more about me, the work that I do, simply go to my website at jerryfosterbranding.com or follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook at Jerry Foster Branding or Instagram at Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Okay? Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Again, thanks for listening. Until we see you the next time, take care.